Welcome to TrekCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council deep in the heart of Dallas, Texas. I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks so much for tuning in, as we'll be checking in with another Dallas Catalyst Project partner, CitySquare. Today I'm joined by CEO Larry James and Elizabeth Watley, who is CitySquare's Director of Strategic Initiatives, who will talk to us about the project to renovate and eventually reopen the historic Forest Theater. I won't tease their plans too much, but listening to Elizabeth and Larry talk about it, you can really picture what the buzz is going to look like on opening night. We're really excited to see this project come to fruition and thankful to Elizabeth and Larry for chatting with us. You can learn more about City Square at their website, citysquare.org, or on their social media channels. You can also learn more about the Dallas Catalyst Project on our website at recouncil.com backslash DCP. And you can also follow the Dallas Catalyst Project on Instagram. We are at Dallas Catalyst. Earlier this summer, we chatted with another DCP partner, Cornerstone Baptist Church, about their projects, specifically the WeCycle Resource Center, which was completed by our 2019 Associate Leadership Council class, and the Cornerstone Community Laundromat, which our young guns are currently finishing up. We'll link to their episode in the show notes and on our blog over at recouncil.com. We're sponsored today by Grant Thornton. Founded in 1924, Grant Thornton is one of the world's leading organizations of independent audit, tax, and advisory firms. With dedicated real estate professionals across 59 states, Grant Thornton's real estate team works with REITs, office, retail and industrial owners and developers, and property management firms to help mitigate risks and strategically drive growth. Whether you are addressing new government regulations or seeking alternative financing sources, investigating new technologies, or considering strategies for performance improvements, Grant Thornton is here to help you build a strong foundation for the road ahead. Before we get to Larry and Elizabeth, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to TrekCast if you haven't already done so. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. You can also follow Trek on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay up to date with everything we're doing in DFW and beyond. And now, here's Larry James and Elizabeth Watley of City Square right here on TrekCast. Trek and City Square have partnered on several projects and philanthropic initiatives over the years. Shortly after I started with Trek, for example, we hosted a volunteer event in the City Square Food Pantry. Um, but you guys do a lot of work that helps a lot of people. And to start off, I'd like to provide our listeners with, with some context on, on what City Square is, what kind of work the organization does, and, and who that work uh, helps to support in our community. So that's a great question. Uh, City Square is a 31-year-old organization whose major focus is working with low-income families. Uh, and other people who maybe don't even have homes here in Dallas. And so our mission is to uh, attack the causes and the effects of poverty, and we do that through direct service that I'll mention here in a moment, advocacy, which is dealing with public policy, and maybe most important of all, friendship. We try to blur the lines between the haves and the have-nots because we, we recognize that we're really, all of us are, rich and all of us are poor just in different ways so we build community with people who need a better stake in dallas uh, we work in four major areas we 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 started as a hunger relief agency a tiny little postage stamp uh, in east dallas 31 years ago 
but food, nutrition, and uh, eliminating food deserts continues to be a big part of what we do. You mentioned the food pantry. We also have, with uh, in a partnership with the Texas Department of Agriculture, summer lunch program, breakfast program, and an after-school program with DISD and some other public schools. Uh, this year, we will serve over 300,000 meals to kids at times when they're out of school or when they're just finishing up the day. So hunger is a big deal for us. We also work in housing, which is of interest to you, I expect. Uh, these, the City Square uh, housing company is responsible for the development of almost 1,000 units of workforce housing over the last uh, 15 to 16 years. Uh, we also work on uh, homeless housing, permanent supportive housing for folks who are homeless. We have uh, about 725 units uh, that we control here in Dallas, scattered across the city. Uh, they're all for uh, chronically homeless, disabled individuals. We, uh, we ascribe to a housing first model, and so they're permanent supportive housing units. We're trying to grow that number because the, the problem of homelessness in Dallas continues to be a, a difficult one that uh, heretofore at least has defied solution. We think that if we align our assets properly, we can actually continue to make a dent in that problem. Um, we also work in the health area. We have a state-of-the-art medical clinic right at the gate of Fair Park on Al Lipscomb Drive. Uh, we, we're in a partnership with Baylor Scott & White a partnership that began in 1997 and continues today in this health center that we operate uh, in South Dallas Fair Park. Uh, we have two really incredible doctors provided to us by Baylor. Our clinic is their job. These uh, young guys and their families have moved into South Dallas Fair Park and they've been known to do Marcus Welby medicine, grabbing their black bags and going door to door to check on people and to kind of mount a two-man two-person campaign for public health improvement. They're remarkable people. And then we have the kind of catch-all area of hope, which includes work paths, our employment training programs that, that uh, end in certifications of various sorts for culinary arts and hospitality industry, as well as construction trades training. Uh, we also have a public interest law firm that offices in our building downtown, 511 North Ackard. We have uh, four full-time attorneys who primarily argue cases for uh, low-income moms and children in Dallas County Family Court. Um, and so they do, they do a lot of great work as well. We also work with uh, about eight to 900 youth who age out of foster care system in a partnership with uh, Child Protective Services. Uh, we see these young people uh, as uh, their advocates and friends the typical young person who comes to us out of the foster care system has had eight placements. And so there's a complex variety of problems associated uh, with that reality. And we try to instill hope in the lives of these young people so they can begin their lives uh, in a better way than if we weren't present. Um, we do a lot of other things, I'm sure. That's just kind of an overview. But we're, we're entrepreneurial, and we try to be as innovative as we can be. And we're grateful to Trek for uh, the Catalyst Grant uh, that you're going to hear more about here in a minute. Uh, but uh, it, it's, a, it's an honor to be in the company of uh, TREC income recipients. 
that is a tremendous amount of work uh, that you guys do, and we're proud to partner with you as well. In, in 2017, City Square joined Cornerstone Baptist Church and St. Philip's School and Community Center on the proposal that ultimately became the Dallas Catalyst Project to help restore parts of the Forest District community in South Dallas. When I think back on the start of that project, I remember how passionately, Elizabeth, that you spoke about the neighborhood and the Forest Theater Restoration Project when the three organizations made their pitch to our members who then voted um, to award the DCP endowment. Can you speak to how the neighborhood has evolved over the years and why you think the Catalyst Project was so necessary for that area? Sure. Um, one, I can't believe that was in 2017. It seems like yesterday. It really um, does. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> We've um, been working quite a bit, and I think over the years, uh, it's fair to say that anyone can kind of see the same involvement that um, I would see, and that's the lack of involvement in infrastructure. Um, there's just been very little investment in that neighborhood. And so that was really important when we came to thinking of what could we do for this DCP grant. Um, and that was really working together as a unit with Cornerstone and St. Phillips to see what visibility can we bring to the neighborhood. Um, the grant was directed towards exterior facade for the organizations, improving um, the streetscapes, things that people can see and know that change is actually coming instead of saying, oh, we're gonna do something and it fall through and there's no visible change to the neighborhood. The Dallas Catalyst Project is comprised of several community development projects that Trek and our three collaborators are partnering on to encourage further economic growth within the Forest District. Trek is providing $400,000 and professional services towards City Square's $30 million restoration of the Forest Theater um, primarily to renovate the theater's facade. The theater is a really significant landmark for our city and our members, myself included, have had the privilege of touring the center, or the theater rather, and, and learning about its rich history. For our listeners who may have not had a chance to tour the area or the theater just yet, what makes the theater such an important piece of history for this neighborhood? Well, for one, we want to be sure that for those who haven't had a chance to tour the theater to certainly um, reach out and look at the City Square website and come have the opportunity to tour. Um, but it's an important part of history because it tells the history of South Dallas quite uh, proportionally to the neighborhood. So when the Jewish community was there, the theater was representative of the Jewish community. It served as a synagogue, it served as a movie theater. Um, and when the Jewish community moved north, the theater then started catering to the African-American community. It started bringing in different acts and entertainment to that um, area. So it directly tells the story of the neighborhood, which has been great. I often run into people who have stories that you would never ever expect. Um, I've heard of Gladys Knight has performed there, Prince has been performed there. Oh wow. Um, people are quite familiar with the hands Erica Badu has had on yep. the theater so it proportionally tells the history of time of that neighborhood and also what's kind of going on in the in the climate at the time and it's an icon to the community I, I can't tell you the number of people I know you've had this experience too who've approached me to say whatever you do don't destroy the theater don't absolutely. tear the theater down maintain the landmark which it's what we remember absolutely even at times when the building wasn't occupied just the marquee within itself is always you know, a landmark and a beacon to that neighborhood. Um, even as a child, I absolutely know and recognize the building, and I've never seen the marquee um, lit up before. And so that is certainly one of the kind of the finish line goals is to see that light come on on the theater. But it, it is certainly a representation of that neighborhood, um, either 
occupied or unoccupied. And that actually offers a fantastic transition to my next question here. Could you outline for us what your goals are for the theater's renovation, what that sort of end state looks like for you? Sure. So our goals are big. Um, I think taking on any project like this for the neighborhood and something uh, this important would have to be big. And so we're phasing in the project. So there's kind of two parts to the theater. One is the restoration and renovation of the retail space in the front. And then there's also the theater um, and adding on new amenities to that complex. So first is really to uh, work with what the community voices have kind of said and put out there. And one of those ways that we collected community input and also in addition to our thought sharing sessions was our chalkboard out front. And this was just a kind of a thing. We did, uh, I did a bit of research from Candy Chow out of New Orleans. And let's just put this up and see what happens. And so I put up on the exterior of the theater, you know, what do you want this space to be? And all types of feedback started coming in. You couldn't even guess the type of feedback that we'd be getting. Um, and then one day someone came and erased the entire chalkboard and wrote Apollo Theater in every single line. So I was like, well, that's pretty clear. At that point, you're getting your point across. Um, then it was a food eatery. Then it was, you know, educational opportunities, work employment. And so very clearly these themes begin to emerge um, of what we could really do with this space. Um, and one was no SOBs, okay. which was no sexually oriented <laughs> businesses. Got it. When two was better educational opportunities for our students, but no new schools. So then you're stuck in this like, okay, what can we really bring to the community? So we wanted to bring those educational opportunities. We wanted to bring access to artists uh, in the neighborhood. We wanted to bring economic development. And then that's what kind of led us to the phase one of this project. And so in that space, in the retail strip, we'll be including things like a podcast room, similarly where you can have activities that we're doing right now yeah. um, in the heart of sunny South Dallas. Um, a motion room that's completely flexible, but you know, it's still accommodating to dance, yoga, birthing classes. Um, uh, also having a resource hub for those that just need to kind of have a WeWork space to come sit and get work done, conduct meetings. Um, a digital design space, um, and a lot of art amenities to really go through um, production activities, but things that will also employable skill sets. Um, so those are the things that we're making available through phase one. Phase two is really focusing on the restoration of the theater. And that is going to then serve um, as a concert hall for over 600 plus people. It'll remain completely flexible, so we won't have any of the stationary seating. Um, and then that way you can have any type of event that you want to have within that space, um, even galas, hint, hint, trek. Um, so anything of that nature. We October 24th. Get your tickets now. <laughs> exactly. Um, so as we we're. Fight night comes yeah. to sunny South Dallas. <laughs> so as we're restoring and doing those things, we certainly want people to come and take advantage of the space. Um, we are hoping we've gotten a thumbs up from a structural engineer to be able to put in a rooftop amenity um, so you can watch movies on the roof rooftop and you can see all of sunny South Dallas and downtown from that space um, as well as putting in a downstairs eatery and a cafe lobby where people can come and have coffee um, I'm convinced and I'm determined to prove that black people drink coffee and we need coffee <laughs> shops in South Dallas um, so that is on the list of things to check off so that's really important as we continue um, to move forward in that space and so phase one and phase two um, are certainly our goals of restoring the theater and of course lighting up the marquee 
Um, I won't go into detail of the electrical um, battle that we are against, um, but it is going to be quite interesting to restore the marquee of that theater. That, that's the other thing. It's going to be a historic res, uh, restoration. So it's uh, we're going to put it back the way it was in 1949. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about some of those historic um, you know, characteristics of the theater. In, in addition to the marquee, what aspects of the theater are you looking to preserve? Because there is a lot of, I mean, I toured the, the, the theater already. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, certainly the history is, is there, but what, what are you focusing on as far as the, the preservation goes? So there's some great historic features in um, that space. One thing that's really cool, and I call them clouds, they're features that kind of hang from the ceiling, or you'll notice that there's these features that aren't specifically flush to the ceiling, but kind of have gaps around them, and the entire building illuminates neon. So in between these clouds and the ceiling, there's these neon tracks. So you're just walking through this entire kind of psychedelic cool space. Um, Another cool thing that we discovered after, underneath four layers of paint, um, after having our paint analysis come in, there is this beautiful, beautiful amber original wood that is underneath all the spaces. So bringing in some of those historic characteristics and amenities back to the and space. And how about the so mural exciting. on the staircase? And there's a mural. There is a mural of a, a stork and bird features kind of conglomerate that is original that we are looking to bring back. Coming down um, the sweeping ramp. Down the ramp, the ramp that is unique to the theater. Um, the Forest Theater and the Lakewood Theater have the same architect, okay. but the theater, uh, Forest Theater has a ramp that is unique to that space because it was a shot at ADA compliance. Um, it is not ADA compliant, it's more like a roller coaster, but <laughs> the attempt was made, um, and what accompanies it is this beautiful mural that sweeps the ramp, so we're working on restoring that as well. So all of this, all of the plans sound very exciting. I'm visualizing what the theater is ultimately going to look like. I'm very excited to see the finished product. Is there a time frame in mind for when the theater may reopen? Yes, yeah, so we, we've set a very aggressive goal, um, specifically for phase one, because we are working in partnership with Dallas ISD, um, and we wanna make the space available for our student access um, come fall 2020. It's an aggressive goal, but we are working towards that diligently, and we're actually still somewhat on time. Um, we certainly have some aggressive fundraising fundraising goals that we need to meet, um, but we're looking at August 2020 for phase one, and if all of the stars align and everything goes beautifully, December 2021 would be great to have phase two completed. You mentioned that DISD partnership um, can you tell us a bit more about what that entails? Because we, we're working with DISD for our 2019 Young Guns Foundation project. Um, we'll be renovating some of the facilities within the building. Um, so we share kind of similar goals here. Uh, tell us more about that project. Absolutely. I've heard about that project in the exciting portions of the courtyard that you'll be um, kind of giving a facelift to. So that is always fun to hear. Um, so with Dallas ISD, when we start working on the Forest Theater, it was easy to recognize that the school was less than 200 yards away. Some say a very, very good nine iron um, away in distance. (laughs) And so right there, there's just natural synergy. So we had the opportunity to meet with the Dallas ISD administration, the principal of the school and say, hey, how can we work together on this? Um, In that space, it quickly became access, 
right? It's access to the performing and visual arts, opportunity in the performing and visual arts, and how can we expand those rich enrichment opportunities to that community? Um, so then it quickly became sit down with pen and paper and what can we really, really infuse in this neighborhood um, and do it in a grand way. And so extending that pipeline, giving opportunities where if students want to be able to get into Booker T. Washington, they will certainly then have the access to the private lessons, to the, to the portfolios needed to be able to get into Booker T. So, so the DISD partnership is, is going to help, um, it's going to help students of the arts, really all, all, all Martin Luther King Learning Center students, but, but sort of help them develop their visual and performing arts skills in the event they want to attend Booker T. Washington? Absolutely, and kind of in the coolest way. You know, there's things of stop animation. Could you imagine having a capstone project as a fourth grader of creating your movie and then showing it on the big screen in the theater? Um, so those are opportunities that we're working very closely with MLK Learning Center, but also to provide to the community as a whole and other schools that are interested in participating in that space. Have there been other um, other partnerships? I mean, we, we've talked about the, the theater renovation and, and the DISD partnership that, that sprung up from that. Um, are there any other partnerships that have, that have come about, um, you know, as a result of, of the theater? Well, certainly the Real Estate Council, St. Phillips, Cornerstone, um, we've had the opportunity to work with just great supporters of our efforts. I think I'd be completely remiss if I did not mention Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church. I've never even experienced volunteers like this <laughs> where people show up and say, hey, what can I do to help? And then they actually do things and help and move the uh, ball forward. And they uh, stay with it. And, and stay with it. Temple Emmanuel. Temple Emmanuel. I think They've been. Larry's probably used to that. But for me, when people just kind of showing up and helping in such a grand way, I am blown away with their support. Um, Temple Emmanuel, any? Well, and these are all serious volunteers, like your volunteers are. They, sure. they dig in, they don't go away. Yeah. They take it to a new level of understanding. Um, I, the community meetings we've had to date that I've been a part of, they, they have been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And so in addition to folks from outside the community, there are a number of people in the neighborhood who are really engaged in thinking about this, and they're they're informing the process every day, and of course we welcome that. Absolutely, uh, we absolutely welcome any and all who want to make this uh, this part of the neighborhood work again. We're open to them joining us. Yeah, I think that actually goes back to one of my stories on the chalkboard. One day I walked up and someone wrote an email address and I was like, why would someone use this to promote themselves? So then I went back and then I came back again and that same email address is written two more times. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to email you. <laughs> um, and so that has certainly been a way to connect with one of our great community partners. Um, Big John is his name, as well as Lincoln Stevens, um, who is just a community member who lives in the neighborhood who wants to see this thing happen and constantly checks in and provides advice and feedback of really what we can do to get this thing moving forward. Um, but it, I mean, it's just flat and out you know, a lot big, of work. Big John was invited to go to our architect's offices mm -hmm. and have input about the nature of the project. And then, and then he came to one of the community meetings, and so we actually met him, and we're working with him to join us more formally. So, yeah. But that's, we want more and more of that from the community itself. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds incredible, and, and we, um, you know, we look forward to helping you out however we can. Um, 
Elizabeth, Larry, thank you so much for your time today. Um, how can our members get involved with City Square and stay informed on, on what you guys have going on? Sure. We're, um, Trek stays quite involved, but there's always the opportunities to check out our City Square website at citysquare.org. Um, there's lots of volunteer opportunities, and we'll be updating with um, updates regarding the Forest Theater as well. Thanks for having us. I'd like to extend a big, big thank you to Larry James and Elizabeth Watley of City Square for joining me on the podcast today. Check out citysquare.org for more on everything they're doing, and it really, it, it really is a lot. Uh, subscribe to TrekCast wherever you get your podcasts and follow the Real Estate Council on social media. Once again, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.